reckless abandon. I just want the mic on. Hi. <laughs> hey, you live your life. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. I have my winter coat on. Mm. Thank you for joining us for season 26, episode 1 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Taffy. I'm Jason. And that's it. Just the three of us. Yeah. Uh, in this episode, Len from Miami writes in about Fantasy Flight Games and Fantasy Flight Interactive. Uh, Joshua from Canada writes in about leveling and acquiring new abilities. And Leatherneck writes in with a horror story. Uh, but first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're on the social meteors. Uh, for, we have a forum. Happyjacksforum.com. It's happyjacksforum.com. And then on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, and MeWe, Happy Jacks RPG, all in word. And if you'd like to watch the show live, you can watch us at 7.20 p.m. <laughs> on Friday nights, or plus or minus 20 minutes. Um, hey, it's always 7.20 somewhere. Yeah, right. Uh, at Pacific time. Is it, though? Yep. <laughs> That's just math. <laughs> right. All right. So... Uh, Fantasy Flight Games. This is from Lem, Len in Miami. Lem. This just made me think of Lemmy from Motorhead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Neil Pert died. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I read that headline, I saw Neil Pert died. And like partially died is what I read. And I thought it was like a Hard Times article. And I was like halfway it's through a humorous like, like, uh, oh, no. response on like the interwebs until I realized that that wasn't, it wasn't part. He wasn't part dead. He's he's all dead. All the way dead. Right. I I won't say what I was thinking. I'm not I'm not a Rush fan. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> I cannot name you a song. Mm, I don't know if I can either. I I, I know that th- there's an album that's called Twenty Something that's uh, where a kid finds a guitar and a rock or something like that. And yeah, yeah. I got nothing. Do they do they do Wonderwall? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, I'm sure there's chat. I mean, a lot of uh, a, a lot of prog rock fans and RPGs. Yeah. So I'm sure someone yeah. will. Uh, uh, Twenty one twelve is the name of the album. Um, and they, oh, here, yeah, here they go. Not <laughs> oh my cool. God, Tappy! <laughs> uh, Roll the bone. That's a song. That's a, 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 I suppose. Okay. <laughs> right on. Allegedly. Or Roll oh, the man. bones. A friend of mine took me to a prog rock concert once, and I've never seen a harder working drummer in my life. Oh, I bet. Mm. Yeah, it was. Mm, it, was oh. a, it was a shit show. When I had my garage band in the '90s, um, our drummer Barbara modeled her drumming after Neil Peart. That was her favorite drummer. And he, I mean, got virtuoso. Right. And, and and she had this drum kit with like double bass drums and it was gorgeous drum kit. I probably eighteen piece kit. Mm-hmm. And she threw wow. yeah. two extra arms just for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good drummers are like octopuses. Yep. <laughs> And octopus are like good drummers. Yeah, they both change uh, colors yep. when threatened. Yep. YYZ, Tom <laughs> Sawyer, Subdivisions, Limelight, they're listing songs. There you go. I've <laughs> never heard any of these. <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> I think I may have heard of the song Tom Sawyer. Maybe I'm just thinking oh, of the. I know it from, <laughs> from Rock Band. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Uh. So, um,. Hey kids, Len from Miami, originally New Jersey here. Holy shit, Fantasy Flight just axed the entire RPG department. First and foremost, we're going to get into that, actually what we actually know here in a bit, but he brings up some interesting now, questions. Now, do we know it was an axe? Was it a battle axe? Was it a great sword? <laughs> Maybe a maul? That's my favorite. It may have been a hatchet. Uh, I think it's a masakari because they uh, uh, 
uh, to L5R. <laughs> so oh, it's the Japanese. Most likely, yeah. yeah. Probably in a, a long okay. protra- protracted. Uh, um, oh, I just oh, lost or a lightsaber. Yeah. Or, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first and foremost, my heart goes out to all those amazing, wonderful, talented people who are now out there looking for work. I wish them well, and I hope they land on their feet as soon as possible. As do I. As do all, all of us. Uh, does this mean that Fantasy Flight RPGs, most notably Star Wars, Genesis, the generic Star Wars engine, and Legend of the Five Rings are now dead game lines? It's too soon to tell, I think. Maybe... Excuse me. Sorry, Canada. Maybe they will keep uh, creating content through freelancers. Maybe not. Assuming they are deadlines, two questions. One, what happened? Obviously, what happened was that the RG, RPG department wasn't sufficiently profitable, but that seems surprising considering how effectively they milked the hell, hell out of that Star Wars line. I mean, I don't know how many people actually played <coughs> Star Wars. Well, that might be a problem. Uh, but from the outside, uh, that looked like a pretty robust line. Was it too robust? Uh, did the funky dice fatigue just wear people down or turn them off? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what about L- uh, L5R? Uh, <clears throat> I know you guys don't love the new version. Maybe you weren't alone in that? Probably. Um, I'd be fascinated to hear your thoughts, gossip, speculation, entirely unfounded rumors. Two, if these game lines are dead, will this affect the player base? I mean, they are RPGs, so it shouldn't. Once you have the rule book, you can play forever. And yet, I've noticed that people, myself included, just seem less inclined to play dead games. I'll put dead in quotes, because mm. we don't know. Um, barring the weird one-shots, like trying to play the original Top Secret, which mm-hmm. is kind of like intentionally slamming your hand into a drawer for fun, yeah. but whatever. I'm familiar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why is that? Is it some kind of subconscious communal thing? Is it about the lack of future adventures, supplements, or people to get into flame wars with? <laughs> Is is it that new releases serve to continually reinvigorate interest in a in a game line, and without that, we get bored and distracted if the new hotness or return to old standbys by the new hotness or return to old standbys. <coughs> Love to hear your thoughts and look forward to having this email mistakenly attributed to Uncommon Man. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Keep being the douchiest douches that ever douched. Len from Miami. Yeah. Okay, so let me just sort of frame what what we know and what we don't know. Um, we've, we've done research. We've done dear research. Listener. <laughs> uh, By we. I mean Stu. <laughs> Stu did it. There's, a, guy, there's a, a, a gentleman named Tim Gerritsen who posted on his LinkedIn account, and he was, the, I guess, the studio head for Fantasy Flight Interactive. Now, Alleg- Fantasy- allegedly. Pro- well, there's been no denials. There's been no denials. There's been no denials. So I'm, I'm assuming it's really weird that they haven't made any announcements. That just sounds it's like a two-man really, job to me. It's really weird. Um, but he posted a thing. Um, I'll, I'll read it. It's short. It, uh, it's with great sadness they have to report that the decision has been made to close Fantasy Flight Interactive next month. I'm proud of the team and the game we've de- uh, dedicated ourselves to for the past few years. It's been an amazing journey. With even more amazing people. I'm going to do my best to get my team placed in new positions. I have programmers, designers, artists, Q&A staff, and a producer to get placed in new roles and will do my best to do so quickly. Additionally, I am now open to new (coughs) opportunities myself since I will also be out of a job. Mm. Now, uh, Fantasy Flight Interactive was started in 2017, I think. Because um, first there was a merger between a company called Asmodee, which mm-hmm. is a, a French digital game company, 
Mm-hmm. At least that's my understanding. And FFG. And I think Asmodee made a title or two for FFG using their games. Yeah. And then the two companies decided to create Fantasy Flight Interactive. Yeah, in October of 2017. So that was its own entity, and it was a division of the two merged companies. So, since there's been no... I mean, I think we can assume that that, that this guy's post... Because he's using his real name, and it looks like a legitimate... LinkedIn account. Yeah. So it, I mean and there's been no denials, there's been there's been nothing that yeah. I've seen from FFG at all on this. It's, so, it seems like there would be a press release. <laughs> you know, you would think so. something little, a paragraph. Exactly. But uh, who knows? Maybe the person who would have been responsible for writing the press release got laid off. And they don't have anyone to write it. Um wait. But um and then there was also an article on uh, uh Gamma Sutra that also mentions and here I'm going to read this is a source close to the situation estimates that over 10 people have been let go from Fantasy Flight Games and that the customer service department and tabletop RPG departments are also expected to shutter as a result yeah. now I didn't put the thing <clears throat> in here but the only source for this that I could find now, I, now they're saying a source close to the situation they may know someone that works with a company who's feeding them information. The only public thing I could find was this guy's post on Reddit saying that he used to work at FFG and he still knows a lot of people who work there, and that's the only source, public source I could find. Mm. Now that, that I'm not sure if they're using that one or if they're if they're if if they actually have an in, inside informant. I'm not sure. Is this the Sam Bailey Reddit post? I don't remember the guy's name. Okay. Because there's one I'm looking at right now that is uh, by Sam, Sam Bailey, who has worked with Fantasy Flight Games in the past, said that most, if not all, the RPG department has been laid off. Okay, that's probably <laughs> the, that's probably the same post. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so I mean, who knows? And the fact that they're not saying anything is just weird. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, question one, we basically can't answer. The question one, what happened? Well, we know a bunch of people got fired, yeah. probably. <laughs> I mean, we we can make some assumptions <clears> that. <throat> FFG is a board game company. Yeah. It, in its heart and soul, that's what it does. That's what it does best. And the RPGs and the interactive stuff have kind of like tacked on, been tacked on afterwards. So one can as- could assume that if the company is just kind of like, okay, we need to get rid of the fat and get down to like what we do best, Yeah, that's... That seems the most likely thing that happened. Right. Yeah, I mean the markup on board game pieces and board games in general is much higher. Like the yeah. profit margins way higher than hiring the artists and authors and and layout d- designer. You know, like everything that goes into printing a big right. you know RPG book, um, which I've learned recently is <laughs> not a high profit margin at all. <laughs> no, uh, and and I think they thought they could sell accoutrement for their RPG, and that's how they would make their money. And it could be, and this is speculation, this is, that they aren't making as much on that as they thought they would. Yeah, that would be my guess, too. I also um, would fall in the camp of people getting fiddly fatigue with the number of, like, counters and, and widgets and weird fucking dice that yeah. Um, yeah. went into it that I was annoyed playing with, <laughs> even though I really liked... The base design of the system and and like the lore and the way they wrote it, like the the production quality was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But 
the annoying dice that I still couldn't remember what each symbol meant, you know, a month into playing a campaign, and um, the, uh, you know, skill trees, and the, the just very sort of arcane old world design in 2017 was very strange. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, and it's... it's <clears throat> I mean, a lot of people bought those initial books or the starter sets and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I bought all three starter sets and all three main books. Yeah, I did and, too. And a shit ton of dice because got to have a lot of dice, and I yeah. didn't expect all the players would have them, so I just bought them, put them all in a tub, and said, "Just yep, grab what you mm-hmm. need." But we played it. We ran a campaign, and it was like, "It's eh, not that fun." Yeah, and, and 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 but and but their production kept on going, and they had a lot of supplements come out. And those supplements had the same production quality as those main books, mm-hmm. and they're spending a lot of money on that stuff. Yeah. And if and if people if it's not taking off and people aren't buying those supplements up, that could kill that could turn them upside down easy. Yeah, yeah. I I just wonder, like for me, the weird dice, the fiddly add-ons, and the kind of strange design uh, led to me not wanting to play the game. And I wonder, like those are relatively easy things to modify in your design process, right? Like, that's those are extra. Right. That uh, I think the decision would probably include, I mean, this is pure speculation, but I'm assuming a board company, a board game company exec said, yeah, put more fiddly shit in there because cardboard costs nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, put these little counters and make them need to buy our dice, Right. Force that hand, mm-hmm. and uh, now we're also a dice company because we're a board game company. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and they had the, I mean, like the Star Wars game. What, what was it? X Wing. Yeah, those those. But they have yet again their own dice, which yes. aren't the same as the Star Wars RPG nope. dice, which nope. kind of irritated. Yeah, me. no crossover from that. <laughs> uh, exquisitely designed board game, which mm-hmm. I imagine that's probably still gonna. Remain. I haven't heard anything about the board game side. I imagine it's that's just cheap as fuck to print those toys. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I really hope they keep the L5R card game because the fiction they're coming out with it is incredible. Well, the the the, the card because the, they do a lot of living card games, don't they? Yeah. Oh, I don't know I that think, one. I think they, they do more than L5R. I mm-hmm. think. But I mean, that, I'm sure that's profitable because that there again, you're just all you're doing is printing a bunch of cards. Yeah. And people go, oh, I want this expansion, then with this expansion, yeah. then with that expansion, yeah. whatever. The the art can get heady for that, but it's still better than having to pay all the authors and right. everything else, and proofreaders and editors and all that. And they yeah. and then I mean the books are are well written, and I, I never found any typos. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm, they it's weren't afraid to spend fun. money. You right. know, unlike the Shadowrun 6th edition that came out just in time for Gen Con and then immediately released a 20-page PDF of Errata. <laughs> oh, speaking I love of, that. Speaking of people who don't know how to make a game fun, yeah. like I finally went through that, and it's like, wow, I can see what they were trying to go for here, mm-hmm. but they did not do enough development of this idea. Yeah, and instead, or playtesting. <laughs> or playtesting. But like, ugh, they're, they're close. Yeah. But mm, really not there. And and it's also clearly written by 15 different people who didn't have a show Bible. Yeah. Right. Like, it was... It's a shit show. Yeah. Astonishing. So, let, let me just reiterate. We don't know what's going on, because there's been no official word from FFG or FFI or... And they would have called us, so... Yeah. We, we know I was that. actually going to call them. Yeah. And, but then I read a couple of articles <laughs> where people had tried, like, actual, like, gaming news 
yeah. organizations tried calling them and didn't get a response. Well, I ain't going to answer my phone yeah. call either. Mm. Well, we, well, we invite lie. we invite you to comment, FFG. You you yes. you know by all means, please just tell them you're like the vice president or something. I'll answer your call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the vice president of Happy Jack's uh, RPG Empire. And, uh, <laughs> now, now, as far as like the dead game thing, oh yeah, that's interesting to me. I uh, know p- diehard fans of various games that I don't think are in production anymore. Oh yeah, I know paranoia players. Like, right, right. That's that's a religion. I, I love second edition Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. It's not. There's a lot of problems with it, but I think it's it's easy to just kind of like uh, house rule a bunch of things that are problem in play. Because mm-hmm. I just I love how the dice system works. Yeah. There there hasn't been a new thing for that system since 1996. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, for myself, like. When Mongoose Traveler Second Edition came out, my Mongoose Traveler First Edition book, I don't think I've taken it off my bookshelf since. Really? No, I just huh. haven't. Yeah, I've I've completely ignored Second Edition because oh, have I have First Edition and I really like it. So right. it may have things that are good, but I don't, I don't really care that much. Right. Yeah, I, I I think the the drop off in this, like I don't, I think there are lots of people who will play a dead game. I think the drop off in this is that they're fucking fiddly. You know, lots of little pieces, right. specialized dice, so you have to remember what everything means. And that is more effort than is necessary. You can tell the exact same Star Wars story uh-huh. um, or L5R story without those rules. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just harder to tell your story in that format. I think there is another thing, too. Like, if a game dies halfway through its production, where it's like you, you do, like, Jedi and then like Rebel Alliance mm. and then it dies and you never get to Sith. Well, people who want to play Sith or have something to do with that, etc., don't have that information. But you have all this information about the other stuff, and it just kind of feels sort of lopsided and lame. And yeah. if another one comes yeah, out, sure. I'd rather do it. Um, if you get the whole entire thing um, and it like it's completed, you can still play it. Right. Uh, I like. Um, uh, Apocalypse World First Edition better than Second Edition a lot more. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so I'm just com- all the if there's new stuff comes out for that or there is a third edition, I'll probably just ignore it and just play it first. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't play a lot of dead games. I don't think I do. I think, mm. I'm thinking back. I, I mean, when when GURP, when I got back into the RPGs, oh, there's a fourth edition for GURPS. Well, better buy them all up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bought a bunch of fourth edition GURPS books. And I didn't know. I, I I don't even know if I still have my third edition stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm also just so fascinated by what's happening in the indie developer world right now too. That there's just so many interesting things to look at. That for me to put the effort in to go get a dead game or or like sit down and play this big fiddly complicated thing. Versus like the fifteen things that I've kickstarted and haven't played yet, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? right. Um, the I, I like I want to go play one of those instead. Right. Like uh, there's there's just so many cool ideas out there that don't require a, a scaffolding of ridiculous, complicated mm-hmm. dice and rules. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a good friend who is running a Cyberpunk twenty twenty campaign right now. Oh really? So and that is an eighties game. That's right. the original like Mike Pondsmith. Mm-hmm. Craziness. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's a really, really good GM, so he's probably figured it all out. Because uh, that game itself, that's another game with. Boy, do they not tell you like where to find <laughs> information? Yeah. And it's all over the place. Right. And it's just. Mm. 
Boy, they've gotten a lot better in recent times with uh, yeah. how you put a book together. Yeah. And yeah. how you make sure people know where information is. Yep. There's, there's a lot of value in the, yeah. the modern design aesthetic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the... I don't, I don't know. I, you know, this kind of reminds me... I don't know if you guys, either of you have seen it. There's a... Uh, on Amazon Prime, there's a, a documentary called The World of Darkness. And well, it's, I've heard of it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. It, I think it was made last year sometime. Or 2017 or 2018, I'm not sure. But... Um, it's got like the original designers of Vampire the Masquerade, mm-hmm. and um, they talk about the fact that when they came out with New World, the New World of Darkness stuff, that people that they they saw their sales. I mean, they were, they were a big company for a while, and they saw their sales. Their sales were like steadily going up, going up, going up. And then when they when they they sort of hit this crest, and they came out with the sec sec. I don't know if they call it second edition. No, it was, it was no, called New World. Yeah. New, yeah. Because it was it, there's a lot of stuff that was different. World yeah. of Darkness. Yeah. And, and you watch the numbers start declining because yeah. people aren't who were going to buy the old stuff already have and they're not buying any anymore and no one's buying the new stuff. That's when they decided to come out with the 20th anniversary editions. And uh-huh. then, of course, yeah. yeah. So you, I think I, I really... Th- and if you look at that sort of as a a model for how the success of a game or not... Um, th- they touched on something and they designed something that people really liked and then they fiddled with it too much and made it something that people didn't want to play anymore. And the main complaint, at least in that documentary, was the first, the earlier stuff was about telling stories and the, and the Chronicles World of Darkness books was more about the game. Mm. That yeah. was sort of the, what people thought yeah. yeah, I mean, well, they tuned it. up a lot of the rules in New World of Darkness. Yeah. It was smoother, more, um, you, you know, um, what, what's you know, more, even uh, you know, like the different classes. It was sort of like what Fourth Edition did D and D, where all of the classes kind yeah. of felt the same. Right. Yeah. Um, People felt less special. Yeah. with Their stuff. And what you know, what they were trying to do was that thing of where you know, in a video game, all the classes feel fair. Because if one class is way better than every other, then why would you play that? Like, yeah. Right. Why would you? <coughs> why wouldn't you play Tremere? It, right, exactly. Right. So I mean, I don't. It, that's an. It, by the way, that the World of Darkness documentary is interesting to watch. It's kind of funny because unintentionally. Unintentionally, <laughs> because it, 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 they really well, oh, they, they invented vampires. Right. Well, <laughs> well they, they don't go quite that far. They, they, they do acknowledge that Bram Stoker existed. They don't well, acknowledge that Anne Rice existed. Yeah. <laughs> that little book, right? So, so, so uh, don't know. And I mean, and that's really, I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of the first fiction that I'm aware of about vampires that really kind of humanizes vampires. Oh, yeah, for sure. Was Interview with a Vampire. That was Interview with a Vampire. Well, mm, that was, was I mean, interview. there's some really early ones. Like, there's one called Carmilla, like, way back even before oh, Dracula. Yeah. Oh, really? That is, yeah. There's this young uh, female vampire's, like, kind of friendship with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of humanization there, but also the, like... Finding out more and more how much of a beast and monster this person is, oh, okay. and tr- that person like try- trying to fight against it. So like a lot of those themes. So it goes back even farther. Exist- than, than than before, Rice. yeah, or before Bram Stoker. Wow. Yeah. So that's like, like what mid nineteenth century or oh, because Bram Stoker was like what in eighteen nineties or something. Uh, I th- oh, I think Carmilla was it was it was really old. I don't okay. know. I can look it up. I have the internet. Um, there's no way to know. We'll go to the library tomorrow and look it up in the card catalog. Oh, <laughs> you got a card. 
I found an old card <laughs> catalog for like ten bucks, and I wanted to get it, but I have no place to put it. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do with it? Dice. And oh, shit like that. Oh, okay, <laughs> sure. That yeah, awesome? okay. I don't know if the sides of the drawers are tall enough, are they? Uh, I yeah, know. I mean, the cards are like that tall. Well, right? yeah. Well, that's true, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the reason that I don't. Oh, 1872. Yeah. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. I don't think. The, I think the reason why I don't like playing dead games is because it just. There's never going to be anything new for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, I mean, it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've almost never used anything but the core rulebook for L5R 4th edition. Yeah. Right. I mean, I have a, f- a few of other books, and I've used a little bit here and there, but I didn't have to. I could have... You'd using hundreds of campaigns with just the core rules. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's because it's dead, it's like there's no future for it. It's never going to improve. You're not going to see... Like, if there's problems that with the system that you wish they would fix... Well, yeah, and there will never be them. a new edition. <laughs> and, and I think if you if you look at that critically, it's also why did it go dead? You know that it's it went dead because not enough people bought it because not enough people like it. Probably because there may be some sort of critical flaw with the, the game. Right. You know, right. yeah, that's that, true. That is universally felt, or at least almost universally felt, that enough people went, well, I don't like playing this game, I'm not going to buy the expansions for it, and then sales dropped off and the company said, this isn't worth it to keep making. So. Now, uh, Heavy Metal Jess says that indie publishers <coughs> these days are making great content for dead games. Certainly, I mean, the OSR yeah, thing. for sure. There's a lot of content for, like, white box edition D&D and sure. earlier versions of D&D, absolutely, in that case. I, don't, I wouldn't call those dead games, though. Those are just earlier editions of a very live game. Um, well, I mean, first edition D and D is dead. Like, the, you're yeah. not going to get a first in D, first ed, you know, update. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, well, I definitely would say you, that. But you did. You got second edition. Well, but I mean, you were talking what, about I, what I mean is, what I mean is, the line isn't dead. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I wouldn't call D and D a dead game by any stretch. No. But but like I don't play first edition Shadowrun anymore either. Right. You know I I I like fifth edition because it does some things that I like and it mm-hmm. paved over some other things and it's a garbage fire and some others that I <laughs> that I was able to just close the dumpster <laughs> and roll it down the alleyway. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> we don't know. Yeah. There's no official word. Maybe there will be someday, or maybe there won't. Who knows? The Illuminati did it. Yeah. Maybe that maybe they're maybe they did close down the RPG section. And was like you know what, we don't want to deal with that anymore. And they're and, and they're like so done with it, they're not even going to send out a press release. Who knows? That's that's wild. <laughs> uh, or it may just be in the process of it. I, I don't know. I don't know how this works. I've never worked for a corporation. Usually takes a day or two to you, you write up a press release, give it to the managers. Managers look at it. Maybe they show it to the legal department if you have a legal department, and then they approve it, and then you send it out. Yeah, but normally that comes out the same day you fire everybody. Yes, <laughs> yes. When I mean, when I was laid off from McDonald Douglas, it was the layoffs were in the paper the next day. Yeah, and every every because I was in the third wave of layoffs, and the first wave was like fifteen thousand people Jeez. got laid off. Maybe the RPGs are doing so poorly they just hope no one will notice. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. It's okay, that shit. You know, I feel bad. I, I, <laughs> I do, feel bad. For them. I feel bad because, I mean, they and, and we talked about this outside. It almost looks like with the the, the Star Wars line that 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 they were designing the game with the digital conversion 
by FFI in mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the skill trees. Yeah, video game, the tabletop RPG. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it almost seems like kind of like the, a similar mistake that 4th edition D&D made. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and they just didn't have the, I mean, Wizards of the Coast had a lot of money. Uh-huh. And so, if and edition, momentum, you right. know, it, just by Wizards of the Coast saying we want to fix this and make fifth edition, and also did the incredible amount of like uh, playtesting mm-hmm. and community outreach that was missing from fourth edition. Mm-hmm. You know, they they like fixed all of the things that went wrong into fourth edition, like talking to the community, doing playtesting, getting feedback. Um, including, you know, like actually the team became more diverse between 4th edition and 5th edition. edition. Uh, Like, they took a lot of steps to make the game better, which was, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they're still on that path now. So, Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Len from Miami, for the email. And and we're sorry if if people from FFI or FFG actually got laid off. Yeah. 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 Uh, You know. Cheers to you, and best of luck moving yep. forward. Uh, skill Growth from Joshua in Canada. Who would like to read that? Uh, I will read this one. Uh, greetings to Venerable and the Apostles of Douche. I, some people read my name and actually see Venerable. Yeah, yeah that's I what I thought you. it was <clears throat> first when I first saw it. Very common, which is a, a weird last name. That'd be like, great. My last name is great. Yeah, it's awesome. Or yes. bug great. <laughs> <laughs> With great regard. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I mean, nobody pronounces my... I mean, there's a reason I go by Tappy. Right. <laughs> no, nobody can pronounce my last name. Uh, uh, I've been an, a listener for a very long time. Nine years, I think. Something like that. Wow. Long enough, I remember Tappy and Bruce being on the show and wish they did their own spin-off podcast full of math, mechanics, and mayhem. <laughs> Sigh, one can dream. <laughs> oh man, that would have been a shit show. <laughs> There's still time. I mean, we we would think we were funny. There's always but. time for a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's a good shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. always time for a bad idea. Uh, anyway, I am writing in because I was listening to season twenty-five, episode fifteen. Had something to suggest about leveling up. People were in general complaining slash lamenting about the leveling up system because of spontaneous ability acquirement and such. In response to that, I thought of a way to possibly make that work. Granted, for this approach, you need players to buy in and be willing to RP a few extra things. Um, I work in engineering, and I'm not very good at stringing a lot of non-technical wordy sentences together. Uh, That opening paragraph gave me the shakes. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to finish the only way I know how. Well, kudos. That was was well done, actually. I I like the word usements you structured. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Uh, word usement. Yeah. It's usement, not usement. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> Let's not be silly. <laughs> uh, integrating leveling up mechanics into roleplay. Uh, have abilities that are acquired at level up manifest in a way that makes sense RP wise. For example, a monk's slow fall ability doesn't manifest until a session or two later when he takes a tumble off a cliff and uses his martial abilities to position himself in such a way that helps him control his fall. Boom, slow fall acquired. A cleric's mm-hmm. new divine ability to heal manifests when she is in battle, and one of her comrades takes a heavy hit and she reaches out to her deity to intervene. 
um, a ranger gets their animal companion by helping the <coughs> ferret who has eaten some bad mushrooms and is tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor baby. <laughs> he eats some mushrooms himself, and they go on a magical journey to get now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> they form a bond over the care for the creature. Um, so you can see why having player buying is key. But as long as it makes sense to the players in GM, I think this kind of approach can ease the leveling up process into something a little smoother than Kimmy's leveling up noise. Is, what is that? The uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> she, she has like a <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Did you ever play Dark Tower as a kid? Do you remember that I board game? I think so, it yeah. It had some great noises to it. Is that the one that had the little te- yeah. thing in the electronic Oh, yeah, tower? my friend had that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like, da da And like yeah. when you lose, like, da da Yep. I win, remember that very well. And when you lose, da 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 We need that in a fucking game. Did you find it yet, or am I still vampy? Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm looking for something else. Go ahead. Oh, you are? Yeah, I'm looking for something else. Um. Hmm. Oh, um, actually, uh, this reminds me a lot of in Traveler. They do like a certain period of weeks. You need to, <coughs> if you have the the XP for something new, you actually have to spend time <coughs> learning it. Right. Before yeah. you actually have it. Shadowrun Fifth Edition has a chart for learning stuff too. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, that all seems to me like a lot of work to. <laughs> People, some right. people like that. Some so. people like it. Some people judge <coughs> these. Um, but this is actually uh, even different than that, where you have to spend like X number of weeks learning things. Right. Just like there's, the idea. There's more there, too. Oh, there is. <laughs> I will address some of the rebuttals I can think of. Uh, I got distracted. Uh, <laughs> most people will only try something because they know they have the ability. Like the monk who knows he has slow fall will use a different approach to scaling the cliff than the one than one who doesn't know. Definitely will not jump off the cliff if I don't have slow fall. Right, if you don't know you have yeah. slow fall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the monk practically states that ahead of time that they will be descending yeah. cliff, concentrating on their body positioning and control. Whee! Uh, what if they don't use an ability for a long time? Oh well, that's their choice. Uh, what about ones that are extreme leaps and changes? Um, spread them out over roleplay. Use them when they are needed slash make sense. Uh, rogue specialization ability. This allows them to not have to choose skills right away. If they find themselves using a certain skill a lot, they can then choose that skill since RP-wise it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope I'm making sense, and I hope you guys find this useful, or someone does anyway. Uh, one day, I will write an email about how listening to you guys changed my life. But right now, I'm at work and I've taken enough time. <laughs> Thanks for everything, you guys. Uh, through the years, I feel like I've gotten to know you on some level. To the point, anyway, that I was watching Hell's Kitchen with my wife. And Poxy Boggers were on it. And I exclaimed, I know them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were on Yeah, we were on Hell's Kitchen. That was uh, <laughs> I know a year or two ago now. Yeah? Yeah. God, they, we filmed that so long, I'd kind of forgotten that we did it. That's pretty cool. Because we, it was uh, in Burbank, I think, and it was in like December of 2014 that we recorded it. So and I don't think ago. it got released until 2017. Wow! Because they uh, they do two or three seasons a year, mm-hmm. and they they're just cranking them out. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. it's a neat facility. It's I'll tell the story. Should I tell wow. the story? Oh, go ahead and finish the email. No, we'll so. finish that. <laughs> um, 
P.S. I know it's not an actual postscript, but I haven't figured out how to work around my signature yet, which is what this is about. Sorry about the signature. It's automatic from work email, and uh, I'm not sure how to remove it. Yep, you probably can't. It's <laughs> hard-coded in. <laughs> right. P.P.S. Uh, I love you, Tappy. Aw, thank you. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. Done. But, uh, or should I? no los dos? Kind of regards and a thankful heart, Joshua. Well, that was nice. Thoughts yeah. on that? Thoughts on that? <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, um, so I, I, I know I was probably I don't know if I was on this episode, but I have lamented the chunky nature of any sort of level up. Mm-hmm. Um, in a tabletop RPG, right? Because I grew up in point-based systems of Palladium, GURPS, Shadowrun, buy everything with points, buy everything incrementally. Oh, have you used your pistol skill a bunch? Oh, you should probably up it because you're using it all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Not just like, uh, all these months I could do X and then suddenly today I can now I have all these extra things. Mm-hmm. I have lamented this exact problem, but now in picturing this, I'm also thinking, like I'm playing a monk right now, and I'm thinking, I've been waiting for Slowfall. I want it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I want it now. <laughs> like, so you've been practicing Slowfall this whole time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to retroactively <laughs> apply the training. but Because I'm thinking, like, I already don't love this kind of mechanic. I'm like, if I have to use it, I at least want the full benefit right. of of getting it, but I mean, I totally get where this is coming from. This is a really good idea to sort of work that into your campaign. I wonder if you could do that, do what he's talking about, but doing it but pre prior to leveling yes. up. Yeah, like okay, everybody, make a list of what you're going to get on your next level and make some sort of RP point of you know to that uh, right. idea before you level up. Yeah, because I mean, because when I've run D and D, which is really the only level based game I've run. Players are chomping at the bit to use that shit once they level. Yeah. And if you tell them, no, oh, no, 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 we gotta wait. Yeah. Then or my extra spell slot, or my right. You know, my extra, oh yeah. My my increase in HP. I think I'll take that right away. Thank right. you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you you roll that die if you if you're playing hardcore and you're rolling your hit die. Sure. Maybe you roll that die when your hit point hit points get low. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I I really I, like the idea of the the rogue. Um, uh, expertise picking later, you know, like yeah. as you're using something a bunch, like that, that's gonna. That well, and it also makes it more useful for the campaign because you're using it more often. It kind yeah. of sucks to like I'm an expert in acrobatics and then you never. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's not what our campaign's about. We don't climb on things. <coughs> yeah, <coughs> we've spent you know the last twelve months inside this castle. Right. It's all intrigue. Right. So, um, all right. So, thank you, Joshua. Yeah. Yeah. So let me let me tell a br- very brief Hell's Kitchen story. So I get this call from a guy who used to be one of the entertainment directors at Renaissance Fair, <coughs> and he's he I, I'm not sure what his position is there, but he works he works on the show has for a long time, and he calls me up one day or texts me or something and he says, "Hey, um, I'm have this position at Hell's Kitchen. <coughs> we had some we were supposed to have some uh, singers come in for this episode about pirates." And um, they, they backed out at the last minute, or they couldn't do it, or something happened. Can you guys do it? And, th- and I'm like, yeah, probably. But what do you need us to do? He says, well, we got, we're going to have like eight songs that we're going to need, and we're going to be short. I mean, like you know, ten, fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and they're about. And he gave me a list of fish. 
and they have to be about these fish. Okay, yeah, huh. different kind, different kinds of fish you eat. Mm. <coughs> so I'm like, okay, so we had a, and and it's like, so when is this? Uh, you're recording on Thursday. <laughs> Nine. Or filming on Thursday, shooting on Thursday, whatever they say in the yeah. TV. Yeah, you can write like nine. Well, we took we used existing songs. Oh, okay. We just changed the lyrics. So we sat down. We had a rehearsal sometime before then, and we sat down and and figured out which songs, like choruses, would be good for each one. Mm-hmm. And we sat in, and 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 then we broke up into groups. And it's like, okay, everyone write the lyrics for this thing with this fish for this song. And we did all that, and then we came back and we rehearsed them all, and they sounded fine. And we figured out we'd give ourselves a chord, and then we'll, mm-hmm. and then we'll start singing it. So then we show up to the place, and they have us in a like a, a green room, and and then the director, I think it was the director, he comes in and says, uh, "Can I hear what you got?" And I'm like, sure. And then we do one of the songs. And says, "Yeah, you need to cut that down to like one quarter the length." Uh, we'll come get you when we're ready to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, oh fuck! <laughs> now we're trying to figure out. Okay, we have to. Now th- these are these have been like four to eight line things. Now, now they have to two. be like two line things. Oh, How do you man. get a song going in two lines? It's That's... just a. It's a little quick <clears throat> quip about some fish. Yeah. So like, oh, the sailor's life is a lie for me. Like, right. And that's it. Right. <laughs> but, but if you watch the show, you can hear most of them. I don't. They didn't use all of them. They used some of them. Um, where ha- what will we have to eat? Bluefin tuna, yeah, and that's the whole thing, right? So, um, and we were lit- they, then we're in the middle of writing this, and they came and got us not three or four minutes after the director left. <laughs> so we are literally <laughs> writing these things as we're walking out to where we're going to shoot. <laughs> I mean, there are only two lines at least, so you can just like agree on what it is. And just do I don't it. know how we did it. I don't know how we did it. That's amazing. But by the time we all got up there, I mean, they, they put us on this boat because they built a boat yeah. and, we're, and we're all in costume and we're all standing on this boat and we're, and we're still going, okay, now here's how it's going to work. One person starts the thing, everyone's going to have their fish, you do the first line and then everyone else comes in for the second line. Right. And but we decided all this as the cameras are moving and the mics are getting placed and all this stuff. Wow. <laughs> I want this to like actually be you're on like some sort of music competition and they hadn't told you and everybody yeah. had to do this. Yeah, that would be awesome. Right. <laughs> it, it, now you know it's what like the, Hell Studio. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now you know what the, and now I know kind of what the what kind of pressure those cooks are under. Yeah. Those oh, yeah. chefs are under. <laughs> and I also got to meet Gordon Ramsay. Nice. Oh, me. very nice. I, Tall. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. realize that. Mm. I would say probably six four. Whoa. Yeah. And he also smelled that. nice. Oh. I I've heard from multiple people that he's very nice. And as someone who's worked in the food industry, I can also imagine learning how to tell people what the fuck is wrong with you, get the fuck out of my kitchen in eighty seven different ways. Right. Because yeah. there's so much pressure to get everything out perfectly right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the timing is so yeah. critical. Like, yeah. yeah. So I can imagine how a very nice human being would learn how to just be horrific, right? Because fuck the food industry, yeah. right? That too. And, and I remember they, they told us he's very serious. He says we need to we're gonna do, we're gonna do some safety stuff first before he comes out because Gordon likes to do the show without interruption. Oh, okay. So they took some safety ones in the beginning, and then we did the thing. And then we left during the commercial break, and that was it. Huh. And then well, I went to work. <laughs> and it, they shot at like 7 a.m., too. But anyway, 
So yeah, that was that. If you, I don't remember what season, what episode it was, but if you look up uh, Hell's Kitchen Pirates, yeah, you'll find us. That's cool. I have to go look that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Shall we read so the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Unfriended face to face: a horror story from Leatherneck. That's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy, right? I think it is. Leatherneck. I have no leather idea. Face. Leather face. No, oh, that no. This one. That one's leather jaw. Leather jaw. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Leather knees. Uh, leather septum. Leather Kenny. <laughs> so, unfriended face to face. A little a little context first. Right. In the late 70s, I was a member of a community college gaming club. We were official enough to collect dues, vote in members, and have an embezzling scandal. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest member of the club, let's call him Kid. <coughs> had just entered high school and was often ignored because of his age and excitement of being with older guys. I made the effort to include him in things. I ran and went to his house <coughs> for one-on-one gaming. I pretty much tried to make sure he felt included. Awesome. Um, I mean, I, that actually deserves a medal right there. Yes. <laughs> Anyone who's like helping getting young people into the hobby is <laughs> awesome. Especially in um, the 70s, because we were very cliquish yeah. in the 70s. And we still kind of are yeah. in some ways. So. Uh, roughly two and a half decades later, I had a regular group of five meeting at my house to play RuneQuest 3. Three of them were members of the long-ago disbanded club. That's actually awesome. Um, 30 years of gaming friendship. Oops, 40 years. <laughs> right. Uh, the, what are you talking about? It's like 2007, right? The other two friends were from high school. Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> This uh, RuneQuest campaign had been going steady for five years, and I was quite serious about it. We had multiple plots, connections with powerful NPCs, a strong faction actively out to kill them, and an enemy of my enemy ally. That's cool. That's some complex plot. I love it. Yep. One night, Kid walked in. <coughs> uh, walked in with one of my players that was a founding member of the old gaming club. Hey, guess who is in town? I invited him to play. Uh, I go with the flow and whip up a new PC for him and explain the rules that he had no idea about. A couple hours in the night's adventure, one player was trying to make stronger tires with the enemy of my enemy when Kid decided to attack them. As I was serious about in-game consequences, this wrecked all chance of an alliance for the players. We dealt some of the fall. We dealt with some of the fallout and finished the night's gaming. Everyone left, and I was not happy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good for sticking to your guns, though, about in-game consequences. Oh, uh, let me just say, it was a 2017. It was when it was done. It was, it's called the Seven Seas episode. Okay. Seven Seas Challenge. Cool. Sorry, but. Um, fast forward about a year and a half, and Kid is back in town for a visit. He joins the same player for an afternoon of bar hopping and arrives unannounced to surprise me. Mm-hmm. I warned him not to go off the handle and wreck it for everyone else again. That's a very straightforward, clear yeah. communication. Yes. That I, that's the thing I was going to say at the end. I was like, well, we have to communicate with our players clearly and forthrightly. I'm like, oh, you did. Right. Um, I expected him to behave like an adult. Okay. I mean, he is a grown-up. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was wrong, and he did it again. No, no. I accept that fooling me a second time is my fault, but capital C, capital O, come on. <laughs> <laughs> You would think I learned my lesson. Ha! Not me. (laughs) Roughly a year goes by and his visit back home was on a gaming night again and my player, the friend and the club founding member, brings Kid with him again. Okay, that's when you tell him, if you bring him again, I take a finger. 
Oh, wait. <laughs> Just wait. I contemplated telling him to leave, but my good friend was his ride. Oh, no. So I warned Kid again, but more sternly. Mm-hmm. An hour or so into the night, he randomly attacks the king's guard in the great hall with everyone's favorite boy king present. Having served in the Marine Corps, I provided him some colorful language, and I put my RuneQuest material away. <laughs> I got out Avalon Hill's Naval War to finish the night's gaming and targeted kids' ships without mercy. <laughs> Amen, brother. Uh, when I walked everyone out so I could lock up, lock up, I told Kid he was no longer welcome in my house or at any game I ran. I told my good friend that if Kid was in town on a gaming night, he had to choose between gaming or drinking with Kid. I haven't heard from or seen Kid since that night, and I am fine with it. <laughs> Leatherneck. P.S. Take a drink like an 18-inch four-point salvo hitting the three-point grass speed. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> yep. I don't have anything to drink. I'll, I'll, but I'll, I'll owe you one. Uh, yeah, I, I've been in a couple situations where one we had to uninvite somebody, another one we kind of just let the group fizzle out because somebody was so awful. Yeah, uh, like it's it's horrible when that happens, mm-hmm. and in particular, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. And and kid isn't even using my hated phrase, but it's what my character would do. Right, uh, <laughs> which I'm all for, you know, being in character and having in-game consequences. But if what your character would do would completely upset and hijack the game from how everyone else's play, have your character do something else. Have a yeah. different character, maybe. Yeah, have a different <laughs> character. It reminds me of my, like, you know, 15-year-old Shadowrun characters where, you know, everyone was a sniper, hacker, wolverine, mm-hmm. um, you know, and a lone wolf that didn't need anybody, and I was going to go off by myself while everyone's making a plan and just kick in the doors. Right. Um, <clears throat> don't. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me when when I was 15, and uh, L5, our first edition, was like the shit, and we were playing it all the time. And the crane book had come out, and I had figured out how to make a martial artisan. Whereas an artisan, like, I made, like, yep. you know... Uh, uh, flower arrangements and did okay. dance and shit like that. But I figure out how to use those abilities to fucking kick ass. And I was so excited about this. And we had a court game. I'm like, this is perfect. I'm going to this court game and I can fucking kick everybody's ass. Turns out, you're not supposed to do that in a court game. No. And so I did that. <laughs> and our GM, uh, my buddy Mitch, was like, hey man, you gotta leave the game. I was like, but. Yeah, you, you you won, and you're being sent home, and uh, I'm just going to replace you. Well, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's not what this game is about. Yeah, yeah, you got a point. That was pretty cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's what you should do. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, you can't be in this. He didn't even give me another. It's like you need to make a new character. He's like, you can't be in this game. Yeah, right. Yeah, and but- and good on him. That was the right choice. That's what he should have done the first yeah. time. Yeah. Just, the idea that you would have everyone there, and you're talking to the king or whatever, and somebody just goes, I turn and attack the guard. Like, right. Because you're fucking bored and you want to wreck everyone else's night. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter if your family was killed by castle guard and like that's your yeah. whole backstory. A, even a realistic person with a blood vengeance would find a better way to murder castle guard. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? And <laughs> like, it's, it's just... 
indefensible in in hijacking the story and the campaign. Yeah, especially from- especially if like if it's a long running campaign and you're there as a guest. Right. Yeah. That 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 makes it. Even, I mean. But I've seen even long term players just either get tired with the story or. Just decide, like, well, I have to do this extreme thing because it's what my character would do. Right. And everyone's going, like, but do you? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you have to? <laughs> like, this completely upsets all of the work and fun and planning and story that we've built together. And with this one act, it will undo and make pointless everything we've done up till now. Right. Yeah. So don't. Right. <laughs> Maybe we can just capture you and turn you in, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. that's that's shitty. Going into somebody's game and just like wrecking is fucking bullshit. Yep. Agreed. I agree. All right. Well, we fixed it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Leatherneck, for the email. Yeah. We lo- we love horror stories. I've yeah. been there. I lo- we lo- you got horror stories, jamming horror stories, your own horror stories where you're the horror. Oh yeah, maybe you're a reformed horror, which is different from a reformed horror. That's also an interesting story. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can send those too. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, for Happy Jack's Nights. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I'm going to play I I wanted to put the other one back up because I found my hat. Hmm. Oh. Oh, Yeah, good for you. (laughs) If you're not watching, you should tune in to the timestamp. (laughs) <laughs> I love this hat. It's warm. Let them sing. <laughs> they can't hear us. <laughs> We're listeners of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for Season 26, Episode 1 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Happy. I'm Jason. And uh, we'll see you uh, next Friday at 7 p.m.-ish Pacific Time. <laughs> And I think we're doing Call of Cthulhu on Sunday at 4 o'clock. So thank you very much. We'll leave with a song. And maybe East Timor be a dreadsword exalted. Girls or dungeons and dragons. Hero can find the fatal savage world. Presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. You dress in the manner of a male prostitute. <laughs>